Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 40K Fireside Podcast. I'm David Gaylor, and I'm joined by my good friend, Vic Vijay. Together, we discuss 40K in the meta from our perspective, along with events we've recently been to and those that have got coming up. So come on down to the fireside and listen. Welcome back to 40K Fireside, everyone. It's been a little bit of a hiatus for me and Dave. And, uh, you know, we've got lots of messages come through about people asking us, when's the next episode of 40K Fireside? And we're really happy to be bringing episode 11 to you. Uh, a lot has happened in the world of world of 40K. Uh, we're coming towards the end of the Nephilim season. We're moving into um, preparing for the largest event in the world, the LVO. And both me and Dave are going into that, um, really trying to put our heart and soul into doing as best as we can at the event. And this episode is going to be talking about not only the LVO, but also talking about the Nottingham Super Major, which was the second largest uh, UK Super Major that's happened this season. And uh, me and Dave both had a, a really great time at that event. And we'll run through our games, run through some of our key highlights and how it affects uh, our preparation for the Las Vegas Open. Mm, yeah, and just before we crack into those two subjects, we've got a little bit of groundwork to cover, a little bit of house cleaning. Uh, so we're uh, going to be chatting a little bit about uh, the podcast. Um, so in 2000, uh, oh, 2022, Vic and I were playing the Bournemouth uh, tournament, and uh, with both uh, my fiance and Vic's wife there, we were sort of thinking, ah, you know, it would be cool to maybe start a podcast. Like, would you be interested in doing it? And, and I remember Vic uh, at dinner saying, like, oh, you know, I'd be really into it. And then... <laughs> I think a few months later or something, I just said, hey, look, you know, there's no reason why we can't do it. And uh, I'll sort out trying to figure out how to create, you know, and cut up audio files and host them on YouTube and get all that stuff sorted. And uh, if I were to do that, you know, would you be keen to do it? And Vic was like, hell yeah, let's try and do it. And that's kind of how it, was, it had been created. And I don't think we've, we haven't struggled uh, doing it. And we've, I mean, for me, it's been a huge positive part of my relationship with 40K is doing the podcast with you, of course, man. And uh, I think 2020 has been an absolutely great start for us. We've had some kind of, I mean, to me at least, these numbers are kind of crazy. We had 1,700 unique listeners uh, at, I think, on episode 10, um, which to me, if you just think about 1,700 people actually listening uh, to what you have to say is, I mean, kind of crazy. Uh, and that's that's just on our Spotify and um, our non-YouTube platforms. So, look, I mean, Vic and I, we, we really enjoy doing it. Uh, and we, we definitely want to be expanding it and bringing out and always improving the podcast and coming up with new ideas with how to produce content. But to be honest with you, the content just kind of produces itself, doesn't it, man? <laughs> yeah, we, we go to events regularly. And uh, honestly, we're both of us, we're, we're really tuned into Competitive 40K at the moment. We're planning on continuing that into 2023. Um, and, you know, as we go to events and as we continue to develop as players, me and Dave were chatting just before this that both of us have grown so much as, as 40K players over this year, uh, like mm. both technically and with our attitude to the game um mm. and you know that that can only continue as long as we keep to sur- keep surrounding ourselves with the great people we have um and this podcast only adds to that so hopefully 2023 will continue to just be kind of a steady journey like what we've been doing now mm-hmm. uh I, I mean i would love to get a few more guests onto the show the episode with anthony vanella was amazing and yeah. um you know if we can grab some of the other like top players all of them are so enigmatic and charismatic on videos 
mm-hmm. um, you know, we can create some really great content that hopefully we can we can share with our listeners. Yeah, for sure. And both of us will be going to WTC in 2023. So I think that's going to be a really awesome peak uh, for the podcast as well. There's so much content we can create around there. I'll be playing with Team New Zealand, which is going to be at WTC. I'm super stoked for it. I know I've said this previously that representing my country for WTC is going to be probably the proudest moment uh, for me playing Warhammer. Uh, we've got a great bunch of guys um, coming across. We've got two people from the UK and we've been playing some online tournaments and it's been an absolutely fantastic time. So WTC for myself in New Zealand, WTC for Vic, of course, with Team England, which oh, stacked. You know, this, your lineup looks pretty stacked, <laughs> stacked as well. Right? I gotta admit. <laughs> so uh, I think that's going to be a great opportunity as well. And we're going to try and do, I really want to try and do some more on-site recordings. Um, so perhaps we can try and bring some uh, recording stuff there. We did a little bit of it uh, at Nottingham, and uh, you guys are going to taste that of an absolutely epic moment between uh, in one of Vic's final rounds. Uh, so that's fantastic. Uh, aside from that, I uh, would like to announce that uh, myself and Anthony have put together the winner for a steak dinner, uh, <laughs> or if it's a 20 neither of us are sure, but I'm pretty sure I'm probably just going to be ending up buying Anthony the steak dinner anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, Anthony and I are working with uh, War Games Live. Joe from War Games Live, the absolute legend who travels around in his camper van casting 40k for a living. The guy is such a nice uh, nice bloke and actually had a recent interview with Steve Joel. If you want to learn more about him, definitely check out that podcast. Uh, so, um, I think Nurgle Matthew originally suggested, hey, do you think um, it would be a good idea to get War Games Live to cover this? And from there, it just really took off. So, we've been exchanging uh, details, and Anthony and I are going to be running an exhibition game for charity on uh, on the Thursday before Las Vegas Open. So, that's just the day before. So, if you're looking for some content to, uh, to consume... You don't have to donate or anything, but we are donating to Canines for Veterans Charity. That's a local uh, charity at Las Vegas. If you want to donate, go ahead. It's all, all the support is great. It'll be going straight to charity. But um, otherwise, come and check out the game. It'll be me uh, playing Thousand Suns versus Anthony uh, playing Chaos Space Marines the day before Las Vegas opens. So that, it'd be great to check it out. That's going to be an awesome game. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'll be there in person with you, Dave, watching. Yeah, supporting Anthony all the way. Come on, Anthony. <laughs> yes so, and then Vic you have to buy me the steak dinner uh, dude, for supporting Anthony. you can have all the steak dinners you want no problem <laughs> alrighty and we're back to talk about the Nottingham Super Major that was just about 400 players so it was kind of crazy. I don't think anyone expected it to be that large. I thought it was going to be about 180 players, but it turned out that everyone was really excited to play their army one last time before the whole game changed, perhaps. <laughs> um, so that was interesting. It's it's a little bit of a different tournament because it cuts to the top four. Well, all of Zach's tournaments, for the most part, the two days all cut to the top four, but there were going to be a projected uh, 11 to 12 undefeated players in the field so the field to get into the top four was extremely competitive you needed to score 100s and uh, drop very little points uh, Mm -hmm. overall to get into the top four so it created an interesting dilemma it to me limited the amount of viable army choices you could take to 
potentially place well and uh, and get into the top four of the tournament. But it was a blast all around. The event venue was great. Uh, and uh, everything, of course, ran super smoothly, uh, like we've come to expect for the UKTC. What was your uh, what was your impression of the event as a whole? Uh, I, thought, I thought it's mental that it has 390 players. That's an absolutely mm. huge event. And, um, you know, it's quite interesting because at this stage of the ITC season, as we come to the finale, to have a super major just before the end, which is this large, is extremely impactful for trying to um, end the season with a high ITC ranking, which uh, I think is actually pretty important for both of us. It's something that we're really aiming for. Um, And we kind of went into this event and in first and fourth in the ITC. And there were a lot of points up for grab in this to put us in good stead for LVO. Mm. Um, so going into the event, like I think we both had our goals. We wanted to try and like uh, you know get close to four one five zero, maybe even make the top cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a really important event, and you know as to be expected with UKTC events now, they are run impeccably all the way through. Like there's, it feels so smooth, like the transition and timing between rounds and everything. Um, I really enjoyed the event. There was an incredible atmosphere. I think everyone's got a very positive vibe about them. And I'm really happy to see that the fact that we were using the old Nephilim rules and none of the new rules didn't actually affect the experience for anyone there. I would definitely, yeah. yeah, Look, contrary to obviously everything that's happened with LVO, I think that everyone in the UK was like, cool, let's end the season on the terrain and mission pack that we've been playing the whole time. It makes a lot of logical sense. And actually, I think that kind of added to the flavor of the event in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like one last outing, uh, so to speak. So on that last outing, of course, Vic and I both played Thousand Suns and Flamers. <laughs> and actually, we played the closest lists I think we've ever played, right? Do we have yeah. identical lists? or Literally do we have... identical. Maybe one or two spells were different. So it's absolutely the same list. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, like, I think my biggest takeaway for the event and thinking about Alvio and what we're going to submit for Alvio is like, actually, this army is so much fun to play. It is by far the funnest army I've ever played in my life. Uh, it's technically rewarding. It has an enormous skill ceiling that continues to reward you the better you play. Uh, where some armies, even if you do play and maximize uh, your skill leverage, you don't necessarily get that much out of it. But Thousand Suns feels the exact opposite of that. The better you play, the more nuanced and, and technical abilities you can get off. Uh, it really it really rewards that. So for me, it's an, it's so much fun. I just love casting spells as well. It's like... <laughs> it's like <laughs> You're sort of playing like a rigged lottery every time you get to your psychic phase. You're like, yes, what can I concoct now? Bolt of change you for eight mortal wounds. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. And it's it can be really swingy at times. Yeah. Gosh. Um, but, uh, I mean, just to briefly run through our list, is, is very, like really simple. Just Iron Man on a disc, Exalted Sorcerer on a disc, Infernal Master. The army's set in a battalion with six units of five Rubric Marines. Um, every unit has a Soul Reaper cannon in it and mm-hmm. no Warp Flamers anywhere. Then we've got ten Scarab Occult Terminators fully loaded out with Soul Reaper cannons and missiles. We've got mm-hmm. one Chaos Rhino, and then we've got a Vanguard Detachment of Chaos Demons. These are Zinch Demons with a Change Caster, which is the little Herald on foot. And we've got 553 five, of Flamers to round out the list of 2,000 points. Yeah, so it's funny that I. this is the kind of culmination of... Vic and I have both played this army for, I guess, a month and a bit now. And we've slowly converged on one list that we've both... Uh, thought was ideal for Nottingham. Uh, subsequently, it has changed a little bit, but uh, I, I just thought it was an interesting take that I think it doesn't happen 
very often in Warhammer 40k compared to some games like Magic the Gathering, for example, where teammates play identical lists. Uh, and for me, it's kind of it makes so much sense, right? Like we both converge and agree on the important parts of the of the army, and throughout two thousand points, you can change a lot of things. So I just thought that was a cool thing to thing to point out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dave, I think you had an incredible run at this tournament, uh, <laughs> like really, really successful all the way through. And Dave did do better than me at this one. Uh, I ended up going four wins and a draw. And Dave, yep. on your end. Yeah, I went five and one. So I made the top cut and uh, came fourth overall. Uh, I think leading up to the top cut, I played uh, Tau twice, both with Sunshark Bombers and Medalists. And I played Harlequins uh, once. And then I played Aldari twice as well. So, I mean, three out of five of my games, I would say, had like top, had like good Medalists. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, a lot of them were interesting games. Like I had some lovely games. I was uh, staying with Jockel uh, Johansson from Team Iceland, who's a good friend of mine. And I ended up playing against Michael Hooper, who's a Team Iceland player on Tau. So that was a great, that was a really fun game. <laughs> uh, and then I ended up playing in, uh, against Eric, a former Team USA player, also on Tau on my final round, which was a, I mean, it was a great game. Let's just say, like, uh, he went Montcar and um, things were... <laughs> <laughs> things are interesting to say the least. I, I was there for that moment I think you asked him like you're Kao Yon, right and he was like no Monka just put a Riptide right next to your whole army <laughs> and he went first as well and, uh, yeah. Sunshark bombed me on turn one and then oh, teleported his Cold Star into my army with his pricey suits <laughs> and then Byron faded his Riptide so that he could charge my Araman uh, in my deployment zone on turn two <laughs> so um, I was on cleanup duty the entire game uh, but yeah it was a great game uh, you know I, I had a little bit of a good run in terms of the armies that I played against so I was able to get some pretty high scores uh, and I think a lot of my opponents kind of also realized that if they played passively that they were just going to lose so it forced them into the situation where they had to play aggressively and uh, allowed me to get a lot of points on something like Sorcerer's Prowess where you normally wouldn't get as many points um, and so people it, it kind of allowed me to get a run that actually made it feasible for me to get into the top four but uh, yeah what about you Vic did you have any like in particular games that you were really uh, stressing over so I, I was on course to to make the top four Uh, And I hit a little speed bump on round five. But on my way to round five, I ended up playing two mirror matches against Thousand Suns and Flamers. Um, And I I took a lot away from these games because both of these players, so one was Chris Taylor and the other one was Nathan Cocker. um, They were both Mm -hmm. really good players. Like, Mm. and it made me just realize that you know, the the skill level of the general kind of group of players that I'm playing against is so high now, and it seems to kind of keep improving at each tournament I go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and both Chris and Nathan, they both played really well all the way through. And then somehow, at some point, I ended up winning those games. And I still don't know what happened. <laughs> I still don't know what, like, I know there were a few, like, points. Like, against Nathan, he, like, made his aggro push. And I managed to push through two Infernal Gateways. Mm, uh, and nice. one of them was three Mortal Wounds and the other was D3. And three characters died off it. This was the mirror matchup where you killed three of his sorcerers over two Infernal Gateways, yeah. right? That was that's wild. Crazy. Um, so, obviously, that's, like, a swing. But it still doesn't account for the entire game. So it it made me leave those games thinking that actually it's the player like this such a high skill ceiling with this army that just kind of being consistently correct with your moves does add up a lot in the score when you look at it at the end. Yeah. Um. And so 
I had those two great games. I had a couple of other games as well, but then it culminated in an incredible game against Leon Calvert, uh, <laughs> who's who's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Uh, I never played him before, and he told me, you know, oh, you know what? I've never played against named players up until now, but oh. I've seen Liam do well at every single tournament he goes to. Um, he's always up there, but we've never actually met and played. And Liam was playing Creations of Bio. Out of all of my games this tournament, this was the one I was most confident about going into. I looked mm-hmm. at it and thought, right, he has to take two kill secondaries. He's going to have to go no prisoners and he's going to have to go for the specimens for the spider, which is the creations of bile secondary, mm-hmm. which means he is running at me, which means that as long as I set up in a position where I hit him for two turns, he's not going to have an army left. Mm. Um, now, we played out the first two turns of this game and this is exactly what happened. He ran at me. I isolated parts of his army and tried to kill them. I missed 75% of my spells, did one mortal wound on any spell which required a D3, and I suddenly (laughs) had this entire army just running into me, and I had to spend the whole game grinding out points. Um, Liam, by the time we got to turn four, was well and truly ahead. I made a little positioning error and he managed to pick up my Exalted Sorcerer and Araman in one go because I assumed his Demon Prince would die and mm-hmm. his Demon Prince did not die and he, he just like killed both of them in one go. Just smashed through both of them, yeah. And then I was like, right, so I've got two units left. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to play <laughs> right. this with two units. Um, not I ma- ideal. Managed to make a few little charges, grab a couple of points here and then it ended up... Um, on the final turn of the game, where Liam technically was going to win by two points, we we like mm-hmm. counted out the score. He was going to win by two points, as and we were a dead draw. So he only needs one of those two points to win, and those points were Wrath of Magnus points. So one of the points was if he casts a single blessing spell, and one of the points was if he casts a single witchfire spell. So I have. Oh, have you got it? Have you got the video? Sorry. I, speaking of which, I, oh, I didn't. No. I was on my phone trying to bring it up. So this, this guys, this is my favorite part of the whole tournament. So I'm just going to let it speak for itself. But this is when Vic uh, and his opponent were trying to figure out who, how he could win. And his opponent just needed to cast a single spell or get a single spell off. But Vic had plenty of denies. So I'm going to play the recording just so Vic and I can hear it. But I'm going to uh, edit it into the actual thing in here in a second. Alright, this is the last cast for the game in Vic's game. This will be for the draw. We're casting about Bolt of Change. Vic's already denied the previous spell on an 11 to deny. And denied 3d6 with the spell. Here we go. Here we go. It's coming in the box. Here we go. It's an 8. Vic needs a, it's a 9. Vic needs a 10, 10 to deny. Just a 10. That's a 6. One out of the box. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. One in another box. We need a 4. We need a 4 plus. Oh god, that was so good. I love that. Oh, <laughs> uh, everyone was just like everyone was just waiting because I mean, what happens? You rolled you rolled the two dice, but one of them one of them was a six, but it was not. It was in the box, and there was one dice that wasn't in. What there. was the one on the floor, Dave? The one on the floor was a one. Yes. I can confirm. But we all agreed that if it wasn't in the box, it didn't count. So you got that. It was just straight up. That was the most straight up four up uh, I think I've ever seen. That was absolutely great, man. I, I you know, for me, it's times like that where. You kind of think back and you think those are the times about Warhammer I'll probably remember like some of the most, you know, like it was. Ah, uh, oh, Leah was a good sport about it. We ended up with an eighty-six, eighty-six draw, uh, yep. which meant I ended up coming in eleventh place, which was actually yep. you know really good. That gave me another yep. 25, 30 ITC points. 
Yeah, this, so there wasn't that much difference between going 5-0 and and going 4-0-1, right. right? Because, yeah. I mean, you know, he might have gotten, like, at the bottom of the 5 and or something, so it wasn't, like, maybe it was, I like, think four or five places. Between difference. 11th place and your 4th place, it was mm-hmm. uh, 8 points, the ITC yeah, exactly difference, right. which, is, so, which is, you know, yeah. uh, they're both really good scores. And, yeah. Uh, so, uh, given uh, that was kicking off, I was uh, preparing to play for the oh, top four. yes, yeah. And the top four was myself, Mike Porter, who ended up winning the tournament, uh, James Marsden, and the team Ireland, Northern Ireland player on Sisters, I uh, figured his Peter. name. Peter. Peter, and I, funnily enough, I'd actually previously played him in an online team event, although I subsequently found out later. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was me versus Porter, I think, uh, undisputedly probably the two uh, most winningest players in the top four, uh, but we clashed early into the semifinals. Uh, and it was this game was probably the best example of a brain fart and probably where you need to and this is a good kick up the bum for me have your secondaries done on a piece of paper probably for every matchup before a big tournament so what i did was uh mike and i both knew it was a it was a, it was a good matchup for me mike has, is playing a shadow seer so i can take wrath of magnus didn't have any maledictions so wrath of magnus was more or less a 15 for me and he needed to it was the scouring as well so a good mission for him overall but he needed to basically take behind enemy lines and deadly performance to score points otherwise his points weren't going to be at my level given that i could probably just sit on my half of the board and do nothing the whole game and and play a passive game and that was my game plan going into it i was just going to hold two and get eight 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 uh, or try to at least or if he was going to for me i would try and for him on the other side and passively score points so i took Wrath of Magnus, I took uh, Sorcerer's Prowess. No, no, I took Wrath of Magnus, I took Banners, and then I took Warp Ritual. Mm-hmm. And after the game, Mike said, yeah, I was really surprised you didn't take Sorcerer's Prowess because when you said you took Banners and Warp Ritual, I, knew, I actually thought to myself, wow, I've actually got a chance to win this now. And the reason... And so the end score was 73-69, but I could have reduced his points. So it was kind of like a, th- a three to four point loss and i scored six seven on warp ritual and six on banners and i had the bottom of the turn as well so the reason why i lost was because if i had taken sources prowess i would have been at about 15 points for that and with bottom of the turn i would have been able to control probably getting either four to six points on the bottom of the turn for sources prowess uh, so so it would have been a 15er and in a position where you're losing by potentially three to four points obviously a 15er is absolutely massive so yeah, it was a bit... Um, look, other than that, it was a really fun game. Uh, Mike's a lovely player to play against. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, although he slightly cheated because his daughter was there and I didn't really <laughs> want to play Super Hard Run. <laughs> no, uh, it was lovely anyway. Um, Mike's obviously, you know, everyone knows him on Harlequins at the moment. But um, yeah, it was a little bit uh, a little bit disappointing to make, um, to make a blunder like that, I think. Um, but, you know, all very good learnings going into LVO. Like, it was a great practice game. Like, nothing kind of replicates the tournament environment quite like playing at the tournament environment like when you're under pressure you have played a lot of games so to get really good practice games like that uh why well, say practice games to get really good practice games like that before lvo is um is really nice like getting to play against quins a couple of times tower a couple of times uh when i'm not in the you know comfort of my own home uh playing on tts or something like that under different conditions is yeah it's really uh good and it's such a good tournament to have just before lvo yeah Awesome, man. And, you know, you kept it to a really close game and you also learned a big lesson from it. You took yeah. your ITC points. Everything works out for the best. It does, yeah. And, and I think going into this, we were both kind of, you and I were both thinking like a 5-0, and oh, like happy with it, right? That's it'll be, what, it'll be a good amount of points. To be honest, a high scoring 4-1 is very yeah. similar points to a 5-0 in this tournament. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, on, on, you know, it was a great weekend overall. Uh, shared an Airbnb with a good friend of mine as well, and then um, didn't even have to go back Monday uh, on Sunday night. So could go back on Monday as well. Not not super stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I mean, that's our Nottingham experience, Nottingham Super uh, Super Major, and that's the last uh, UKTC events for this ITC season. So. Mm-hmm. This is all culminating in us going to the LVO and maybe we should uh, put some more jazz music on and come back for a bit of LVO chat. Go and jazzify it. (laughs) See you guys in a bit. guys welcome back to the final section uh we're gonna be talking about the lvo and uh in this section we're gonna try and we, we don't have lists yet that's the main thing we have all our we lists. have is the factions we have the factions we have the factions and we have the majority of players who are registered for the event mm-hmm. uh we're gonna go through a little breakdown of you know what are the top players that are there what are the armies that are being run generally what factions are the most popular and then we're gonna try and touch on you know where we stand how confident we feel about the tournament um, how we think we're going to do, what we're bringing, and you know, maybe we're going to pick the, uh, the the kind of top eight factions that we might see, maybe a couple of players as well to keep an eye out for. For sure. Yeah, so I think recently today they published on Reddit, I can see the total uh, army results, which of course aren't completely correct because some people will list their factions differently. I, for example, put my army as Chaos because I am mixed Chaos, uh, not Thousand Suns. Um, so this uh, this post is out of 966 players, and I think it'll be close to a thousand players. There are still some people registering late, so you know it'd be nice if that wasn't the case. But um, but yeah, let's dive into it. So uh, at the top, I think we've probably got uh, Aldari at 55. That's a lot. Uh, Votan at 53. That is a lot. That's, That's a lot. very wow. surprising. <laughs> 53 Votan. Uh, and we've got 52 Turinids, so more Votan than Turinids. That's um, very interesting. That's definitely not the case in the UK. Votan is very unpopular in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, 52 Tau, so equal amount of Turinids and Tau. Okay, that's. I think that's probably what we would expect as well. Yeah. Uh, 43 Custodes, that seems like a lot as well. Uh, 46 Chaos Demons, which I thought was um, actually on the low side. I thought Chaos Demons would be one of the, if not maybe the most popular faction. Uh, 36 Imperial Knights, uh, 34 Necrons, so obviously Necrons have slipped. Uh, 33 Sisters, so that's interesting. Orcs, uh, there's just as many Orc players are there are, as there are roughly Necrons and Sisters players, so I think a big showing for that. Yeah. Um, Renegade Knights, so Chaos Knights coming in at 31 there as well, so roughly those factions are represented the same. Guard doesn't really matter. Uh, Thousand Suns were coming in at, I'm going to say, roughly 30 as well. So, Thousand Suns at the bottom of the pack in terms of the top eight most popular armies. Uh, there's more Death Guard than Thousand Suns. Chaos Space Marines, uh, if you count them all up, look to be at above 30. Above 30, actually, because Empress Children at 16. So, uh, I would say, actually, Chaos Space Marines coming at a very healthy number, about 45, probably. So... Yeah, so the top armies looking like, in terms of what people are bringing, uh, Aldari, Votan, Tau, Turnids, uh, and then Chaos Demons, 
and then knights combined uh, represent actually the largest amount. If you combine Chaos Knights and Imperial Knights, that's the most popular faction. And of course, the, the Space Marines super faction is 144 players, uh, <laughs> um, 36 of which are Blood that's Angels. That's a lot well. of Blood Angels, man. Wow. That's a lot of Blood Angels, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, we also only have 21 Harlequins, so they, oh, they, yes. they always catch. have a low representation, and mm. 21 is, is where probably where you'd expect it. I think probably mm. the most surprising number is the low number of Thousand Suns, mm -hmm. potentially Thousand Suns Flamers list, because a number of those Thousand Suns lists are going to be pure Thousand Suns. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's showing some differences in meta. Uh, but Were there I any think, standouts for you in particular? For me, I think the fact that Tau and Tyranids are the two most, well, are two very popular ones are real big standouts in terms of the meta because, yep. um, you know, I, I put Tau and Tyranids as strong as the Thousand Suns and Flamers list uh, yep. in, in terms of their power at this event. Um, and then obviously we've got Harlequins as well. Um, mm. But I'd say the Harlequins probably a little bit, um, a little bit less strong in you in LBO terrain yep. than the FLG terrain. I don't know if you agree. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. Blood Angels being 36, being the most popular uh, Space Marine faction. It's kind of terrifying. Of it's almost twice as much as any other Space Marine faction. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Although they still die like all Space Marines die. <laughs> they still die like all Space yeah. Marines, but like one of them kills anything. <laughs> yeah. So I think given these numbers, uh, assuming that they stay the same throughout the event, which we know is not correct, obviously more there's going to be more Tau. As a total percentage of players in your bracket... We expect Tau Tyranids uh, and probably Votan uh, and probably Demons and Blood Angels to become more popular if you're playing in the, say, 3-0 bracket or the 4-0, 5-0 bracket. How do you think uh, Thousand Suns are looking? How do you think we're looking in terms of our list? By the way, spoiler, guys. Vic and I are taking basically the exact same list <laughs> to Elvio that we submitted for Nottingham, of course. Well, we have some differences now. I have I've made some changes, bro. Whoa! I know, uh, <laughs> I, so basically, I won um, Leicester, right? And uh, I had a great time at Leicester using the Fate Skimmer instead of the Change Caster. Mm. And I didn't have such a great time playing the Rhino at uh, Nottingham. So I, I've dropped the Rhino, got my Fate Skimmer back in. It buys a few more points for the army as well. So I've got two of these Warp Flamer Rubric Marine squads in. And uh, actually, I've really liked them on yeah. uh, LVO terrain because um, my my takeaway from this is in UKTC, I love to play passively. And in the LVO terrain, there's got to be an element of aggression uh, involved, in my opinion. I know Dave is, we and Dave are <laughs> diverging in opposite directions now. Mm. Uh, but I, I've, I've become more of an aggressive player on this LVO terrain in my practice. So, <laughs> so bizarre. Uh, I know, right? Yeah, it's so bizarre. So guys, context into um, Vic and I's practice. I think, so I was playing quite a bit over Christmas, New Year's, uh, leading up to LVO. And of course, with the, you know, I'm going to say it for what it is. It's a complete shit show um, uh, in terms of the... Um, decisions and potential decisions around whether or not to have the balanced data slate in or out uh it was pretty i know i'm not being over dramatic but it was very frustrating as a player to not know what the rules were uh basically a week before the submission or two to three weeks and not knowing it can be changing so um i was practicing a ton of other lists but basically the funniest part is is that 
I have been an extremely aggressive player over the season, and ever since I've been practicing more on LVO training in Thousand Suns, I've become like a zenful uh, passive player, and the kind of the way I approach lots of matchups are sort of like, I'm just going to do my thing on my side of the board, and uh, you know, a comfortable little 3 or 4 point win, and I'm just going to be at peace in my fortress, and people have to come and break my fortress down. <laughs> so it's funny because Vic is obviously uh, has been a much more passive player and plays it better than me uh, throughout the season. So it's kind of funny how we both have come to two different polar opposites. But I think when you think about Thousand Suns, it just goes to show that there are so many ways of playing it that perhaps it's more a symptom of, Vic, you're discovering a way of playing it that you previously weren't using a lot, and I'm doing the exact same. So I'm finding you can play passive, which is something I'm not used to, so I'm kind of leaning on that, and you're finding you can play aggressive, which is something maybe you're not as used to, so you're kind of leaning into that as well. Makes sense. And I think, you know, with these kind of different play styles that you're not used to, you also kind of develop and learn the little tricks. Like, mm. um, you know, I- I've learned a lot about the correct way to perform Alpha Strikes mm. uh, with Thousand Suns. I think in my head, I was not doing Alpha Strikes. I wasn't really being aggressive. And then when I did make my push, I was often throwing, you know, two characters plus the, the Terminators in. Mm-hmm. When actually sometimes it's much better to throw just the Terminators and screen much further forward with another unit. Mm, and, yeah. and lots of little tricks like this. So I'm starting to work out um, like, you know, a lot of tiny tactics, yep. which is probably a weaker part of my game. The little bits of tactics. Um, overall strategy, I usually get it right. Like this is the place where I have to attack. This is yep. the position to be in. This sure. is the way my movement should transition over two or three turns. Mm-hmm. But Actually, you know, the tactics of this is how you move block someone and stop mm. them from attacking certain parts of armies doesn't tend to come as intuitively to me. So I've, I've learned a lot over the last few days. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and uh, army's got so many like little different tricks and tactics mm-hmm. that you can pull out as well, right? So um, me, I think personally, I think we're, we're well positioned. I think the meta of Tyranids and Tau being very popular is good for us. I think those matchups are, you know, if they don't have any harpies, I think Tyranids is favored. I think Tau is favoured. I think that Votan is definitely favoured, so I'm really happy to see mm-hmm. large Votan numbers there, that's for sure. Blood Angels is a bit worrying, that's for sure, depending on what mission you catch them on. Um, Knights being very popular, I think, is great for us. Chaos Demons being quite popular, I think, is great for us as well. Uh, they can interact with us a little bit, but you know, it's not too big of a deal. Uh, and yeah, I think overall, I think the army's in a, in a good position. I don't know, do you have anything that you're really... Uh, do you think overall, if you could submit your army today based on what you saw, would you pick the same thing, Vic? I mean, I'm not very optimistic about the meta in general. I think over a very large tournament like this, I think there's going to be a lot of tight games against top players playing different factions with this. So I don't think from a list perspective, we've necessarily picked for a, a good list advantage mm-hmm. because... The Tau game is like close to 50-50 in my opinion. I know like, you know, there's loads of ways both players can play that game. Um, And then the Kraken game feels a little bit difficult. So you're on the back foot a little bit. Um, The Votan game and the Knights game, it's amazing. If I can play eight rounds of Votan, (laughs) I'll be really happy. But realistically, that's not going to be the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those two being good is brilliant. The terrain format not favoring Harlequins too much is also brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the big problems are the Kraken and the Blood Angels, those kinds of um, like really aggressive, fast moving melee armies. Kraken obviously much faster, Blood Angels obviously hitting much harder. Hmm. Um, the big issue with Blood Angels is they also score quite aggressively. Yeah. Uh, if they make multiple charges, especially out of Deep Strike with Death's Company units, it can be a real problem. Um, and I think, you know, there's a, there's a chance that you just suddenly lose games. And that's the bit that's scary to go into when the terrain format is like this. In UKTC, you can build your entire game plan around a fixed terrain format. In this, uh, kind of player placed with different terrain maps. And even on the best terrain map, it's you know it's quite a weak terrain set, in my opinion. Mm. Um, it, it can be really swingy. That's interesting. So do you think you would... What would you rather have submitted if you could submit today now? Would you go with Tel? Uh, I, would, I would probably still say with the Thousand Suns. I think right. it gives me the best chance of consistency, but I don't think um, I'm going into this door. You know, if I could, I would run Kraken, personally. Really? Yeah. If, wow. if I could just go back and start again, I would run Kraken. That's uh, interesting, because Kraken does not have a very good game in Tsutau. In Tsutau, you don't think so? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's swingy. Is, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I've been playing this matchup specifically quite a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, that matchup is against a great Tau player. You're basically putting everything on the line and hoping to go first every time. Oh, really? Yeah, Interesting. yeah it's, it's, you just yeah. lose stuff too quickly. Uh, you just get blown off the board, yeah. Fair. It's, that's, that's, that's very s- tough. Symptom um, of the terrain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of how the matchup has been, actually. Um, because, you know, before that we had Warriors, which were, you know, Leviathan Warriors, which changed the matchup considerably. But, um, you know, tower fast enough and can touch into enough ruins where they can see right into everything. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's I think, a, is a downfall for, uh, for Kraken as well. Right. And I think if I was a Blood Angels player, I would be worried about the amount of, uh, you know, Demons, Custodes, Tyranids, Votan. Uh, you know, those and Chaos Space Marines. You know, there's not too much Chaos Space Tau can be awkward for Blood Angels. Well, of, of course, right? So yeah, that's... Minus two to charge. Yeah, so when I look at the matchups that are bad for Thousand Suns, I also think that those armies have a more, many more bad matchups. So when I think about going deep into the tournament, I should sit, they should be hitting their worst matchups more often than I should. But of course, we all know that in a tournament like LVO, you can't have an army that is great into everything. It just simply doesn't exist. There are going to be conditions that you can lose. And to win, in, to win or do very well in a tournament like LVO, you need to have a good run. Like You can't be... Going second and, you know, you can't have multiple unfavorable situations uh, going against you in yeah. a tournament so large. It just doesn't work out that way. It's like you need a, you need a good run to do very, very well in any significant tournament, right? That's a very positive mindset, Dave. I like that. And that has actually calmed me down quite a lot. I think <laughs> a part of this is putting too much pressure on myself to try. Like we're right at the end, right? Yeah. And, you know, if we don't do well here, does that mean that everything we've achieved over the past year means nothing? No, it doesn't. Right? Of course not, right? So I mean, at the end of the day, I also wanted to play an army that I thought was going to be really fun. So I was flip-flopping a lot between Kraken and Thousand Suns, uh, especially because the, some of the rulings in the FAQ that Frontline Gaming had released were very unfavorable to Thousand Suns and, quite frankly, completely wrong. Uh, so then I was going back towards Kraken. And even when I was thinking, you know, like strategically speaking, it would, better f- it would be better for me to play Kraken, I was also thinking... Look, do I want to go to Vegas and plan and not have the opportunity to play an army? I just genuinely enjoy playing because it's still going to be about having fun, right? 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad I picked, I'm super glad I picked the army that at the end of the day is going to be strong, but also is, I'm going to just enjoy slinging some spells, shooting some people, you know, mutating some landscapes. That's it, man. <laughs> Let's go. It's going to be an awesome event, I think. And, uh, you know, in terms of like who or what you think is going to do really well at the event, what are your, what are your kind of thoughts? What are your predictions? Ooh, for the top eight? Yeah. I think the top eight is going to be quite diverse, actually. Mm-hmm. I think there are going to be two... Okay, so I think in the top eight, I think there's going to be an orc player. I think there are going to be two tower players. I think there's going to be a thousand suns and flamers uh, player, potentially one to two of those. I think that there will be one to two of Turner players and one or one to two of Votan players, depending on how you flex them. So I think you think Votan are going to go all the way? Yeah, look, they have the numbers as well, right? They've got a big representation, so I'm cheating a bit based on the statistics, but they almost have the second largest. Um, representation of a single faction so i think given that it's very interesting and i think the scouring is quite an interesting mission for them uh playing into round six as well so yeah i do think votan have what it takes to make into the top eight very interesting i mean to give some context going into this event the itc top five at the moment includes three uk players and two american players so we've got me you and mike porter Mm -hmm. in one four and three respectively and then we've got jack and john Mm-hmm. Uh, in two and five, respectively, and the points are up in the air right now, right? Like I genuinely feel after Nottingham, it's anyone in that top four. Uh, well, John has a few less points than everyone else now, but I feel any he, he he could even still uh, win the whole ITC. But between us four, it's gotten closer as well, right? Yeah, definitely, it's really really tight across yeah. uh, across those. I think yeah, John has uh, is like is seventy points behind. Uh, yep. where I am uh, which is quite uh, which is quite an amount yeah um, but the rest of us are all like you know close we're within 50 points of each other exactly uh, yeah. which is you know which is a really you know one win away the difference like yeah. one win completely swings that exactly and if one of us hits a you know hits a matchup you know or doesn't make top eight then you know it's completely out of contention uh, as yeah. well so yeah, it's going to be spicy, right? It's going to be such a fun tournament. Um, we're obviously really looking forward to it and we're stressing out a little bit. What about you? What do you think about in terms of the top eight? Will you, would you change anything there? You got any dark horses, any sleepers that you think might get in? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said with the pairings. I think any really good player here um, you know, that has an okay run is mm-hmm. gonna is gonna make it through to that top eight, and the pairings mm-hmm. are the most important thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of factions, I think you know I've got my my top factions, which are gonna be Tau, um, Tyranids, Thousand Suns, and Quins. Mm-hmm. I think those are the four strongest armies. Yep. Uh, but in an event of this size, it's very likely we see uh, you know some players playing factions which you wouldn't expect, and players you wouldn't expect. New names kind of pop up, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Whoa, look at this guy! He's doing so well. He plays on stream, and he's just insanely good." <laughs> uh, it happened yep. at LGT. All of a sudden, we had a guy from France come over. Alexandra just came and like killed all of us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly the same kind of thing is bound to happen in LVM. And these are the stories which make it exciting. When you see round two, you know Jack Harvester's lost here. Oh, round three pairing is John Lennon versus David, and David. <laughs> <laughs> takes them out you know that's I mean, the exciting hopefully. stuff so i think uh, you, you did bring up jack obviously jack i think just checking it out now has has submitted he is one of the 36 blood angels players so that is an interesting one for me i don't think that blood angels are going to necessarily be in a favorable matchup when it comes against tyranids and tau and votan 
I mean, that's just my gut feeling. Obviously, Jack's a fantastic player, but that's it's difficult to have those, th- you know, such large amount of popular factions be kind of against you in some regards. I don't know. You see, you know, um, the thing with Blood Angels is that they're also a very strong scoring army. Mm, um, right. their, their secondary score is incredible. And they can play some level of primary control by sitting in cover with their two-up saves yep. and armor of content. So I think Jack has probably picked quite well here especially because he does have experience with blood angels mm. and he's an extremely good player which is very obvious for everyone um mm-hmm. so uh that i think he has a strong enough army if he gets the right pairings if he doesn't hit another very technically skilled player on an army that's better than his you know he has as good a chance as any of us just to go all the way so i think good pick from jack and obviously if he hits me or you he's got a little bit of an advantage in the matchup as well so for sure um, he's probably, you know, he, maybe he's factored that in. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> he could just hit Nassim. And, uh, and then, uh, I'm sorry, but it'll be lights out. <laughs> it'll be interesting. It, it, what, I, what I think is going to be interesting as well is looking at the difference in lists that UK players bring uh, on like-for-like factions um, that the USA players are bringing. Uh, you know, obviously the Tau Sunshine Bomber is probably a staple in most of those Tau lists, but mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of European and UK uh Turner players will be bringing uh, Harpies as well, of course. Uh, Kami Paris uh, is also bringing that. So, you know, I know that Harpies aren't popular in the in the meta in the United States, but I think, look, if you're looking at it going into this, you'd, be, you'd want to be playing them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just checked. John Lennon hasn't got his faction now. Um, hasn't got so it down, yep. I'm not sure, you know, will he take the same thing as Jack? Will he go for Kraken? Yep. Not sure. Will he run Harpies? Um, I think he will be uh, on Turnits or Kraken. He's got a... If he takes Turnits or Kraken, he basically guaranteed wins uh, best Turnit player for the mm-hmm. season uh, over myself, which I've currently got it. Uh, but I decided that I didn't really want to play tournaments. <laughs> nice, fair enough. And obviously we've got Innes as well coming from the yep. UK. Uh, we've got Nassim as well. All in Nassim the playing Tau. I think uh, Innes is potentially looking at Chaos Kraken? Space Marines maybe. Uh, no, no, but, no. I think he, he did end up sticking to Kraken, I think. Oh, is he... Ah, well, I was talking to Innes at uh, Nottingham. He was but, he um, was obsessed about these decimators. No, he's decimators. on Turnits. Uh, he's on Turnits. Uh, yeah. Good call by Innes. Uh, decimators <laughs> are popular in Europe as well with WTC, that's why. Uh, and then we've got Nassim uh, bringing Tau. We've got Brian Seep playing Orcs, one of those 30 Orc players. Oh, I yes. believe Shorten Naden is also on Orcs as well, which I think is definitely a sleeper faction. Uh, and then we've got... I must be missing some people, but a lot of Vanguard Tactics team are coming over. Obviously, we've got Mike Board on Harlequins. Oh, yeah. uh, and then I think we've got a bunch of Warmasters are coming over as well. So it's great. I think this is the strongest contingent uh, we've got from the UK ever to come to LVO in terms of raw numbers and then the total amount of top players coming. So I think this is going to be the season, if there was ever going to be one, that it doesn't, uh, it isn't taken out by... Uh, American, right? We could bring it back home to the UK. Come on, we've got we've got three three of the top five. That's more than two uh, yep. for the for the Americans. So hopefully we've got a chance of taking this. At least one of us that would be amazing. Exactly. I mean, obviously, I would want nothing more than to have a fireside uh, final. And can, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god, that would just be the most in, like epic, epic finish. Like we would, we would cherish that game for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I don't even know how hard I would try to be honest I, with you. I'd oh just my be god, like... we we would have to just go like all out, Dave. Like. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would just be so happy to be there anyway. So I'd just be like, sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, we're really looking forward to it. We're flying out on the Tuesday. So I think we land in on Wednesday, perhaps. 
and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Look, like I said before, Anthony and I have got the exhibition charity game on the Thursday as well. I think Vic and I will also be practicing on the Thursday beforehand as well. I know they sometimes open up the hall if you're um, really wanting to get in a few games and on the terrain sets. So if we're around, make sure to come and say hi, especially if you're one of our non-UK or uh, EU listeners that hasn't met us in person. We're obviously both really friendly, so feel free to come on up and uh, and have a chat to us and drop your suggestions about what we should uh, change in the podcast, of course. Amazing, guys. And, you know, that is the end of episode 11. Gosh, that 11 was an episodes. awesome episode and yeah. uh, an awesome run. Um, we're, uh, I, well, let's see if we can get one more episode out before LVO, but otherwise, you know, it's probably going to be uh, after the LVO. Uh, there'll be loads of coverage. I know um, FLG has a full kind of suite of streaming um, kind of platforms that they're using, yep. and it's all on, on Reddit on the Warhammer competitive page. Um, so you can follow along with all of the games, and obviously War Games Live is going to be there for the game with Dave and Anthony, and they'll be covering through the LVO as well. Awesome. And uh, well, well, obviously, we're going to be doing lots more episodes this year. We've got a ton of topics to cover. We've got Data Slave. We've got Arcs of Omen. And we're just going to be keeping on keeping it honest. I think that's uh, I think that's one thing that we Vic and I both kind of enjoy doing just unapologetically, you know, keeping it honest about what we want to do and compete and and try our best. And I think that's why uh, that's why we've uh, enjoyed it so far. Book and I hope you've enjoyed this. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you at the, the fireside next time. Catch you guys next time.